Last night's Bible study was on the rich man and Lazarus. Hello, this is Pastor Rob McPherson from Hillsdale First United Methodist Church, and again, letting you know what we did in our Bible study last night. So here is the passage as it is from Luke chapter 16. There was a certain rich man who clothed himself in purple and fine linen, and who feasted luxuriously every day. At his gate lay a certain poor man named Lazarus, who was covered with sores. Lazarus longed to eat the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Instead, the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried by angels to Abraham's side. Perhaps a better phrasing there, actually, a better translation would be Abraham's bosom, right, right into being held by Abraham close. The rich man also died and was buried. While being tormented in the place of the dead, he looked up and saw Abraham at a distance with Lazarus at his side. He shouted, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm suffering in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received good things, whereas Lazarus received terrible things. Now Lazarus is being comforted, and you are in great pain. Moreover, the great crevasse has been fixed between us and you, and those who wish to cross over from here to you cannot. Neither can anyone cross from there to us. The rich man said, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my, ho- to my father's house. I have five brothers. He needs to warn them so that they don't come to this place of agony. Father Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They must listen to them. The rich man said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will change their hearts and lives. Abraham said, If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, then neither will they be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. Unlike some of our previous parables, the challenge with this one is not trying to figure out the why or the wherefores, or the what's. We understand quite clearly what's happening here. The problem is, either we don't like it, or it goes against some of our other religious notions and beliefs, and challenges them. We understand that the rich man's problem is that he is too rich and that he's ignoring Lazarus. We understand when it says that he feasted every day, that that word feasted is like having a a Thanksgiving banquet. It's a, a word that is used for those, the harvest celebration. To eat like that every day is, is too much. And to not share anything with Lazarus is cruel. We understand that the rich man doesn't learn. I mean, we look at him and in heaven he's still thinking Lazarus should serve him. Send Lazarus with some water to quench my tongue. 
as if he's not the one who's been now comforted at the side of Abraham and the rich man is the one who's punished as if their roles haven't been reversed. He even still thinks that Lazarus should be the ones sent back to his brothers. We understand all of that. The things we don't like, well, first of all, it implies somehow that perhaps being overly rich is actually wrong. And that's hard for us because we don't like that sort of economic condemnation. And so we try to explain it away. We say this isn't about economics. Or perhaps the rich man had done something else. But it's clear that his issue is that he is very wealthy and ignores the poor. The other thing that very much challenges us with this one is the judgment. The judgment here is based on the rich man's life and the poor man's life, and not on grace and faith and belief, which we've been taught so often are how we are to be judged. The judgment here is clearly on what the rich man has not done. He has not taken care of the poor. He has not laid up treasure in heaven. He has nothing, no good works to depend upon for his salvation. And that's not how we like to think of salvation. It's not how we like to think of the judgment. We have parables like we have talked about with the prodigal son, where there's forgiveness. Where is that in this one? But when we're honest, we know that Jesus said taught other parables like this too, others where the judgment was not based on faith or grace, but based on our care for the poor. Perhaps the most famous is from Matthew. When did we see you naked or hungry or thirsty or in prison or sick and not care for you? And they're judged. Some of the things that we spent a lot of time talking about were what's our notion of justice? What's our notion of judgment? We like the idea in some ways that there is some sort of restitution, that those who suffer in this life truly do receive comfort and good things in the next. We, we like the idea that people who cause suffering at some point will learn what they have done and even perhaps be punished for it. But do we like the idea of eternal suffering? Most of us did not. So what is the point of the parable? Well, one of the things to remember is that not all par not every parable concludes all that God wants us to learn. 
that each parable teaches us something about the wholeness and completeness of God. So this parable may not speak of grace or faith or belief, but it does speak to us of some things that God very much wants us to do in this lifetime. And that is to be aware of, to notice the poor, to know their names, to not expect that they would be the ones that would serve us, but that we might serve them. To provide food and care for the hungry and the sick. Yes, these are the lessons we pull from this. And perhaps the idea of judgment, that when we discover we have not done these things, we will indeed, maybe not suffer in hell for them, but we may indeed be judged. I pray grace and peace to you today, even as we consider this very difficult parable.